This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 12, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Arguments in favor of staying in Afghanistan are growing less credible by the day. Now another U.S. soldier is accused of killing several Afghan villagers, complicating what is supposed to be a mission of winning hearts and minds to the U.S. cause. At the Cato Institute's Benefactors Summit in February, Cato foreign policy analyst Malou Innocent walked through some of the arguments for staying and why we should leave. So these are some of the standard claims made most often about the war in Afghanistan, and I'm sure you're very familiar with them. The first is that gains are fragile and reversible. Uh, The second, that policy should be based on conditions on the ground. And the third, that withdrawal will undercut progress. In terms of the first, I actually agree with that first statement, that gains are fragile and reversible. In fact, Chris and I are the first to concede that in war, tactical gains are always fragile and reversible. Uh, In fact, according to the 2012 National Intelligence Estimate, which is the authoritative assessment of the 16 different intelligence agencies, security gains in Afghanistan are unsustainable. Uh, And also, if if we're talking about conditions on the ground, pervasive corruption, government incompetence, militant safe havens in Pakistan undermine progress. Also, Pakistan and India are using Afghanistan as a proxy battleground. Um, American-Afghan relations have recently been thrown into jeopardy, which also might jeopardize the ongoing training mission that we have for the Afghan security forces. And according to the Bipartisan Congressional Commission on Wartime Contracting, U.S. money is the insurgents' second largest funding source behind the illicit opium harvest. You don't know whether to laugh or cry when you read some of this information. Now, as for the claim that withdrawal will undercut progress, to examine that claim, I think it's important to understand what progress was originally supposed to mean. President Obama tripled the number of troops in Afghanistan as part of his new strategy that was supposed to sort of stress the importance of protecting the Afghan people. And the Center for a New American Security, which is a defense think tank in Washington that informed President Obama's 60-day review of the war, their report right before he tripled the number of troops said that failure to protect the Afghan people would indicate mission failure. So let's see if we've actually been protecting the Afghan people. According to the UN mission in Afghanistan, 2011 was the fifth straight year in which civilian casualties rose. Now, keep in mind that insurgents were responsible for 77% of of of, uh, civilian deaths last year. But we have made it our mission to protect the Afghan people. Let me repeat that. We made it our mission to protect the Afghan people. Now, I'm proud to say that the Cato Institute has been very influential in this debate. And our message is very simple. America has limited interests in Afghanistan. Those limited interests can be achieved relatively cheaply, and current policies are wasteful and counterproductive. Now, someone who appreciates our message about the exorbitant costs of war in both blood and treasure is Grover Norquist, the president of Americans for Tax Reform. He moderated a Cato panel back in 2010 about conservatives in the war in Afghanistan. His panel featured Representative Tom McClintock, Dana Rohrabacher, and John J. Duncan Jr. More recently, Norquist brought up Reagan and Lebanon uh, on why we should extricate ourselves from Afghanistan. And he said, quote, Ronald Reagan decided not to occupy Lebanon when our Marines were hit. He didn't say, ah, we will now stay and manage your civil war for you for the next 15 years, unquote. Now, the Cato Institute is unique because it has robust conversations about why the war is a threat to conservative values, why the war is fiscally irresponsible, why the war is a wasteful expenditure of taxpayer dollars, and why no more American lives and no more innocent Afghan lives should be lost in the pursuit of a strategy that is not connected to our national interest. 
Now, George Will, a friend of Cato, he wrote an op-ed uh, a while back that said, uh, basically entitled, Time for the U.S. to Get Out of Afghanistan, and said, quote, nation building would be impossible even if we knew how, unquote. He advocated a substantially reduced presence in Afghanistan and has consistently been against nation building. At the Cato Institute's 2006 Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty, Will equated nation building to orchid building, orchids the flower. And he was saying that orchids like nations are uh, complicated organic growths that aren't built, and that's definitely true. Now, I don't know, hopefully you can read this. I don't know if you can, but I'll read it to you. Uh, this email came from a lieutenant colonel in the US Marines to me, to my email box. It came right after I wrote a piece in the Daily Caller. Uh, it was right after Osama bin Laden, or as I like to call him, OBL. Right after OBL got a double tap to the skull and his body was dumped into the ocean, soprano style, and turned, in, <laughs> turned into fish food. Uh, I argued that the Taliban and Al-Qaeda can be separated, and that we can deal with Al-Qaeda through uh, targeted counterterrorism missions rather than a broader counter insurgency campaign. And this lieutenant colonel wrote, quote, good article, Miss Innocent. Thank you for your contributions to the national debate. Refreshing, unquote. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I include it because Chris and I, we have very close personal friends who have served in the military and who are still serving in the military. And I'm sure you uh, in the audience know people who do serve in the military. And our troops have taken the fight to the enemy. They have performed magnificently. And their fellow comrades have been killed in the process. And our soldiers will continue to do everything that our government asks of them. I think that it's time that our government stops asking. Now, after I took some jaunts to Afghanistan and Pakistan, I shared my experiences and insights with over half a dozen members of the House and of the Senate, numerous congressional offices. And in fact, Chris, you've met with probably even more, over a dozen at least, on the military budget. I briefed uh, Tea Party-backed Representative Jason Chaffetz of Utah's 3rd District, who after we spoke, put out a public policy statement uh, demanding that the president withdraw our troops from Afghanistan. I briefed uh, Representative Walter Jones of North Carolina, the Freedom Fries guy, remember Freedom Fries? He's on our side on this issue. I also briefed Tim Johnson of South Dakota, Rodney Alexander of Louisiana, and of course someone who's sort of always been on our side, Ron Paul of Texas. And most of these gentlemen agreed that there is no end game in Afghanistan and that the mission has no direct relationship to our national security. Now, John Duncan, who I mentioned, uh, and who I also briefed, is pictured here, and he says, quote, I voted for this war, but I sure didn't vote for a 10-year war or forever or a permanent or an endless war. There is nothing fiscally conservative about this war, and I think conservatives should be the people most horrified by this war, unquote. Now, when Duncan spoke at the Cato Institute on the panel with Grover Norquist, he talked about both Iraq and Afghanistan. And I'll read one quote in particular from Duncan about conservatives and the war and foreign policy in general that I thought you might like to hear. Duncan said, quote, I've been a hardcore conservative since I was a teenager, and I think it's really sad that now we somehow have gotten the idea across to the general public that perpetual war and massive foreign aid and huge deficit spending and unquestioned military spending is conservative. And I think it goes against every traditional conservative position I have ever known. I believe that national defense is the most important and most legitimate function of the national government. But I also believe that it is not conservative and not patriotic to just never question the military and go blindly along with anything that that giant bureaucracy has to say. And so I have opposed these wars and feel very comfortable doing so from a very conservative point of view." Unquote. 
Now, Cato scholars have argued that the United States can maximize its security and remain the most powerful state in the world without transforming failed states, democratizing the Middle East, protecting wealthy allies, or sacrificing more American and innocent foreign lives in the process. We also argue that involvement abroad fuels the expansion of the state here at home, and that perpetual war leads to bigger government, which goes against traditional conservative values and against a constitutionally limited government. Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of her work on Pakistan and Afghanistan at Cato.org.